Welcome to episode 40 of the Retronym Podcast, and today is just a very chill Christmas episode where I talk about the games and things that I've gotten this year. Alright, let's have a fun little episode here. It's going to be really short. This is going to be the, uh, the the Christmas special for 2023. Not that I did one for 2022 at all. But I figured I may as well just do a fun little thing where I, you know, I, I have a few minutes right now, so I'm going to try to make it quick. But I'm going to do a fun little thing where I talk about my Christmas pickups for this year. And obviously most of that's going to be game related. But, you know, here's a, there's a few other things that I got as well that I'd like to talk about. So here we go. This is what I got, and this is what I hope to be playing next year at some point, or maybe in the future after that. I don't know. It just depends on, like, how much time I have. So my, my, my mom always asks, like, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And I'm usually just like, I don't really want anything. Buy stuff for the little kids instead. You know, I don't really care. I have four children. Buy for them. You know, spend your money wisely. And she's like, no, 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 no. You got to, like, get something. So usually what I do is I make her a list, and she just picks off the list, like, whatever seems to be interesting to her i make it so that there's a ton of stuff on the list so it's like there will always be some kind of surprise as it's coming to me so the three games that she sent me this year i'm actually particularly excited about because you know it, it's a little well, one of them's not really out of my wheelhouse one of them's really obviously within my wheelhouse but the other two are definitely like something I'm, I'm hoping to dig into. So the first one was the uh, the Legend of Nayuta Boundless Trails. This is obviously part of the Trails series. And this is like, you know, one of those big, long running franchises where all the games are like connected in some way, shape or form. And it's it, it like really creates this like really big, giant like narrative where these characters from the different games are eventually meeting each other. And I guess everything's like really coming to a head in the more recent Trails games, uh, you know, the ones that are like direct sequels to like Trails of Cold Steel, which are like four in that series. So, you know, crazy stuff. So good JRPGs, kind of fun. I mean, they're not like amazing JRPGs, but I do enjoy playing the ones that I do have. I think I started Trails from Zero or no. Yeah, it must be Trails from Zero, not Trails from Azure. I think pretty like recent, like a few months back, I started it and I was like, oh, okay, this is definitely fun. I'm definitely going to get into this sometime, but Man, the Trail series is just one of those like franchises where it's like I really want to get into them, but it's like, well, right now there's so much coming out that I I can barely keep up. Like I didn't even know that Nayuta like had come out, and so I'm like scrambling, like, oh man, I really need to get this before it goes out of print. And you know, I I have all the tr Cold Steel games, and I have the other ones, the Trails in the Sky games that are, I think they're on my Vita, at least the first one. I'm pretty sure the second one is too. And I don't know if the third is. I, I don't know. I'd have to double check, but. The Trail series, yeah, they're really cool little fun games. From what I played, I put the most time into Cold Steel. I think I got like 10 hours into the first one, and I really need to continue it. But mm, yeah, I definitely, this is definitely one of my like blind spots when it comes to being a JRPG person, and I really need to do better. So the other one is the Metal Gear Solid 1 Master, or sorry, Volume 1 Master Collection, or Master Collection Volume 1. And this obviously includes Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, and Metal Gear Solid 3. All on one, well, all in one package. And it also contains the original Metal Gear games as I'm looking on the back of it. Now, I know that this release was a little bit controversial, because number one, not all of the games are on the actual cartridge. As a matter of fact, I don't think any of the games are on the actual cartridge as far as I know. And on the back, it says you need at least 32 gigabytes to install all three games. 
on the cartridge. And I don't even know if they come into like separate icons. You know how like on particular games, like for example, Pikmin 1 and 2, they don't have Pikmin 1 and 2 as like one game file. They actually have it split up into two game files. So you have Pikmin 1 that you can choose from the Switch home screen or Pikmin 2, which is an interesting way to do that. And I'm pretty sure Bioshock also did something similar, which is, you know, that's fine. That way you can only download the ones you want. At least I think. I really hope I don't need like 32 gigabytes total for like one specific icon on the screen because that would almost just feel like a little bit, you know, cheap. But I like the Metal Gear Solid games. I think they're really good, like storytelling, like genuinely good. Some parts of it are a little bit pretentious. And, you know, Kojima in in some ways, Hideo Kojima, the, the creator of the Metal Gear franchise, like in some ways he's he's a little bit high on his own supply and he's he's kind of full of himself a little bit. But that's okay. He's he's a cool guy, and he puts out cool games, and I really hope that I can actually, like, finish these games for myself at some point, because, like, I've played and replayed all three of these games as much as I can, but I've never been able to finish one. I've restarted them and restarted them and restarted them to no avail. I always have to rely on my younger brother to beat them for me because I'm just really terrible at stealth gaming, like, really and truly. I wish they had like like boosts or cheats or something in these games so that I could actually just blaze through the game and, you know, see the whole cohesive unit myself. But alas and alack, that's not happening. And then finally, the one that's definitely within my wheelhouse is Persona 5 Tactica, which kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I know this was part of like the big release thing that they did at like, what, the beginning of this year is the end of last year where they announced all these different Persona games that were coming out. Persona 3 Reload being like the big one. But Persona 5 Tactica, it's it's a tactical you know, combat game and it's part of the Persona 5 series. I don't know if it takes place, you know, during the proper game or after I'm looking at the game art right now, the cover, and I don't see the girl from the Royal version, honestly, on this. So I I do wonder, do they, I don't even think they include her on this unless it's like on one of these really, really tiny screenshots in the back, but I still can't tell. So I'm guessing this takes place during like the regular vanilla Persona 5 game, which is fine. You know, I, that's okay. Like, you know, Strikers was very much the same. It's like, okay, it's just one of those. I mean, it's like a direct sequel, but kind of like a non-essential direct sequel, like, you know, most sequels are. <laughs> but I'm definitely looking forward to playing that at some point. I mean, mostly for the music, because like Persona 5 music, mm, absolutely excellent. Like, it's still definitely one of my favorite game soundtracks that there are. I mean, there were some other things, though. I think uh, one of the big things that I got as a teacher this year one of my students brought me in one of those like miniature versions of like the like flapping and I, I call it the flappy boy but the flapping character like you see him at like car dealerships and probably outside pot shops as well they're those like inflatable things that are like 20 feet in the air and they like flap around and everything and i always have a soft spot for the flappy boy like the flappy boy is just kind of like it's super like weird and just bizarre but I like the concept of the Flappy Boy. He's just so, like, garish in such, like, a weird, like, I don't even know, postmodern art fixture. I don't know. I guess it was, he was, like, in the Olympics as well. And it's super cool, like, how they did that. I was actually, there was, like, this little history book that came with it all about the Flappy Boy. And I really like that. That was really funny. And then the other thing that I got was the new, like, portable compendiums for the Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes series. They're releasing seven of these compendiums, so I guess 14 books in total. Each compendium has two books in it. So I don't know how they're going to organize that since it doesn't really organize neatly by year. 
but I'm sure they figured it out. And they're just like smaller versions of the regular Calvin and Hobbes books that you can buy. You know, those ones are kind of oversized and really bulky. And then you have the complete collection, which is like really big. And if it's like the hardcover one, forget that. That thing is like carrying around like it's like 50 pounds just for like the four collected editions or the two collected editions. I can't remember if the hardcover is. I have the softcover version, so it's a little bit lighter and it's divided into four books. But this portable compendium, I really like it because it just has the two small thin books. But for some reason, it's like maybe it's just it's playing tricks on me, but it feels like the actual strips themselves are a little bit more blown up, like not. I, I don't know. They look really crisp, but the colors come out really nicely on the pages. They conclude the color for the color strips. And then all the black and white strips just look really nice. And I was very happy about that. I didn't grow up reading Calvin and Hobbes. I was more of a Charlie Brown and Garfield man myself. And Calvin and Hobbes, I think it was kind of really before my time because I'm pretty sure it ended like, you know, mid nineties sometimes. So like I was reading, you know, the simpler comic strips, you know, for the, the simple man in me, but I don't know. I, I did. I have since gone back and read read like a significant portion of Calvin and Hobbes, especially because of the backlog breakdown and Nate and Josh over there talking about it on an episode before, which you should definitely check out if you haven't. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to digging into those and going through my, my comic backlog, I guess, or comic strip backlog or newspaper comic backlog. There you go. And just really like getting like being able to just have like the small book that I can carry around rather than the big compendium, because those things are like coffee table books in comparison to these little ones, which are like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I can just put this in my backpack and read it on the go. It's portable like any other book, I guess. So that makes sense. So anyway, yeah, that's my, uh, my Chris, my special Christmas episode for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll, uh, come back and talk a little bit about things I've been currently playing as well soon. And yeah, I hope you have a Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate and hope that you get a chance to play some fine games. Thank you for listening to the Retronym podcast. You can find me at Twitter with the username at Retronym, that's spelled R-E-T-R-O-N-I-M, and through email at theretronym at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, subscribe, and all of that other fun stuff. I don't even know what it is. You can also check out my other podcast, Henshin Dad, if you are curious about the wide world of tokusatsu. Thanks again for taking time to listen to me today, and until next time, keep enjoying the games that you love.